This is enough, O Lord. Take my life. Elijah's life wasn't turning out as he had hoped or envisioned, was it? Elijah, in some ways, represents the shadowy side of religion, like Saul before his conversion and becoming Paul. God had just worked an extraordinary feat through Elijah, demonstrating that there is a God and that he alone is God. After which Elijah executed 450 prophets of Baal. But apparently things didn't go as he planned for he ended up fleeing from danger, exhausted and saying, I can't do this anymore. For most of us, Elijah's experience isn't all that different from ours at times. Dreams unfulfilled, plans thwarted, hopes disappointed. I was just visiting with a friend of mine, if I've known her and her husband for several years now, known, worked with, prayed with for many years. And they were nearing their retirement years when he received diagnosis of cancer. And the prognosis is not good. All their plans for travel, for time with children and grandchildren seem most uncertain. Life can be so difficult, prompting us to say with Elijah, this is enough, O Lord, take my life. I remember saying something similar in high school. Like many high schoolers, my life at that time was defined by athletics and friends. At the beginning of my sophomore year, as I was playing football, I broke my arm and it just so happens that there was a virus in my system which entered into my bloodstream, found its way to my cerebellum, and affected all my fine and gross motor skills. So that at the worst, I was having trouble walking, talking, riding, buttoning shirts. At the very moment when so much of life is defined by friends and sports, all of that was just immediately removed. There were nights during that one and a half years that I was out of school that I didn't know if I would wake up the next day or if I wanted to wake up the next day. But I also distinctly remember lying on the floor when no one was in the house, looking up and seeing a rosary hung over a doorknob and feeling compelled to get up and pray, receive nourishment, eat, else the journey would be too long for me. It was a moment of grace, which like Elijah opened the door to an unforeseen future. Unlike Elijah, the grace took the form of a command, get up and eat, do it. A command that resonated in a heart shaped by commands it didn't create and at times resisted. How many years of praying the rosary, how many years of being forced, required to pray the rosary, to go to mass? and to religious ed, among other things. How many years of obligations prepared the way for that prompting of God to get up and eat, which far from restricting my life, helped to set me free.
Parents, you must prioritize faith in the life of your family. No one can compensate for a mom and dad neglecting this. That's how important God has made you. You must desire and help develop religious formation here at JP2, K through 12. You need support in your religious duty and your children need to be around one another in this context. And now that we have a facility, well, there's no excuse. You must also desire, so must we all, an authentically Catholic school here. I mean, no disrespect whatsoever to public school staff, teachers, and administrators. What you are doing is heroic. But you are constrained, limited, impoverished. For the journey of life that you're required to paint for your students in history, science, the arts, and all the rest suggests that it's possible to understand the human person and the journey of our life without any reference or connection to our Creator. This automatically limits the scope of life's journey. Material, temporal existence is it without reference to God. That's how the world view of our children is being shaped. And it's why religion and faith seem more and more irrelevant and incoherent to them. If you've ever taught religious ed, you know precisely what I'm saying. Even just implicitly, the kids are being taught that they can understand everything that matters without God. But without integrating God into the day and into the curriculum, life's purpose is restricted either to that which is determined by biology or by the ego. What else is there? If there is no spirit, there is only matter. Either I'm a product of my DNA and ultimately not responsible, or my eye or a stronger eye than mine determines and defines who I am and what life is about. All of which unfairly limits our children's resources. If we are spiritual beings, but all our formal learning time is lived as though it's possible to thrive without reference to God, aren't we depriving them of something essential to our humanity? Might that not show itself even violently from time to time? Get up and eat. I am the bread of life. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Do this in memory of me. They sound like obligations, like impositions, like restrictions on our freedom, right? Who are you to tell me what to do and what to eat? In Greek, there are two words for life, bios and zoe. Bios is clear enough, isn't it? Bios, biology, organic life. Zoe, on the other hand, means fullness of life, joy, beauty, goodness, truth, meaning, fulfillment, love, things of the spirit. It's Zoe that Jesus used, that life which humans need to truly live, to truly be alive, without which biological life feels incomplete, lacking, and perhaps at times simply not worth living. Adapting himself to what we are and what we need, Jesus says to us at this time and in this place, get up and eat. I am the bread of life. Your journey, which you cannot fully see, depends upon it.